together we are Jared Gosling, a.k.a. Ryan Goff, a.k.a. Jaryan Goffstein. What? I don't know where the steam came from. What it is, what it do. This is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from beautiful Agora Hills, California, as we head into week three. The Rams are now 2-0 after their big win at home against the Saints. Joining me today, he's the host, one of the hosts on Bleacher Report. You can hear him on his own podcast, The Left Go Show. He legit sounds like a combination of Fergie and Jesus, and he looks a lot like Jared Goff. Fun fact, he's my homie and classmate from Syria. Syracuse University. Adam Lefko, I really love when our worlds collide. What is it? What is it? Jesus. And, uh, you know, I'm related to both. So it's very funny that you knew my family tree like that, Serena. How, what, uh, is that she's a second cousin, Fergie? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I have an uncle named Ferg, so obviously <laughs> she's named after him. Uh, but okay, I got this. I'm excited about your game on Sunday night. Oh yeah, it's gonna be exciting. We're playing the Browns. <laughs> it's it's just great because I feel like it's two number one picks each other. It's the Browns coming off of you know OBJ Watchgate. It's you guys now two and zero. And I'm gonna be very honest. I was not expecting you guys to be two and zero, but that just shows how amazing Sean McVay is as a coach. And there's just something about bright lights. And the Rams and the Browns with all those expectations, it gets me juiced. As juiced as I was to find out that my second aunt was Fergie. <laughs> this is same sort of juicing. Um, you, uh, you have a huge crush on our head coach, Sean McVay. It's pretty obvious. Oh, could you tell? Yeah, could you tell from my show, Ditch the Playbook, where I couldn't stop touching him? Yes, partly that, partly just, yeah, the, the huge hug you gave to him. And I mean, so one, I have a lot of questions for you about this video. Uh, one, when the, when the heck did you come up to Los Angeles and to the practice facility and where the heck was I? One question. You were in a little, you were in a little city called Hawaii. Oh, and that's So I got came. there and I'm like, where is Serena? And every Rams employee that wasn't in Hawaii rolled their eyes and went, She's in Hawaii. And I went, oh, okay. That's fair. I was like, oh, my buddy didn't reach out to me. Um, but yeah, I was in Hawaii, so that's fine. And then um, yeah. for those that missed this fantastic piece of content that Lefko did for Bleacher Report, they filmed uh, Sean um, quizzing him on different plays from his high school days. And then they also broke down famous football plays from movies. And then obviously, yes, uh, simultaneously, Adam Lefko revealed his bromance with Sean McVay. So I think the reason I like Sean McVay is every time I see him, he tells me that he's listened to the podcast, uh, which you understand as someone that talks for a living, there's no better stroke of ego than a head coach going, Oh, I've checked out the podcast. Um, Secondly, I love people that are really amazing at something that makes no sense to me. Um, I, I try to, in my life, surround myself with people that are capable of things that I am not capable of. And Sean has a brain and a memory uh, that is unbelievable. And I'm not, I, I believe that there are other guys in the NFL that are head coaches very similar to this. But Sean is at a level at his age that, in my mind, dwarfs all of them. 
And the thing is, too, about Sean, he he will never, ever, I, I feel like, slow down. There, mm. There's never a lack of effort. And the thing that's upset me as I've gotten deeper and deeper into covering the NFL these last six years is that there are really only eight teams trying to win the Super Bowl every year. Like, if we went through the standings right now, I could probably pick 16 teams that have no chance to make it to the playoffs and no chance of going to the Super Bowl. And maybe I'm wrong on one. But the thing that I love about Sean is what I love about Sean Payton. It's what I love about Bill Belichick. It's what I love about Kyle Shanahan. It's that you know that if they lose by three, they are sick all week. And they're not blaming their players. They're not bl- they are going to be in there coming out with the best possible way to win. And there's just, I, I, I appreciate those guys so much because growing up, I thought that was every coach. And so the ones that actually do, I appreciate so much more because I'm, I'm more disappointed in the rest of them. And Sean's one of the good guys. For sure. And it's kind of funny because there's this whole thing of like, we need to replicate Sean McVay and we need to find another young mm. guy who can be all these, you know, he's got a great memory and this and that. But it's really about, hey, you have come into this team that has, you know, some possibility, some potential. And and then he's like, I need to execute on this immediately. Right. And we saw that team turn around very quickly under Sean McVay. So really, it's just like, can we get the attitude right and apply it versus, hey, you know, you've got to be under 35 years old now <laughs> to be a head coach. Yeah. Think about how Sean came up and they spotlighted in hard knocks where Gruden called the piss boy and he was that. But look, my former co-host, Chris Sims, said that McVay was the assistant for that Tampa Bay team. And that's why if you close your eyes, sometimes McVay sounds exactly like John Gruden totally. and realize that John Gruden is kind of a psycho and he's there at 4:45 in the morning. And that's how McVay was indoctrinated into the NFL. Also realize that then he goes under Kyle Shanahan. So McVay has been around and Mike Shanahan has been around all of these obsessive compulsive people. Sean has always been, as we showed with the high school, the fact that he won Georgia state player of the year over Calvin Johnson shows the kind of effort that that guy puts in. And I, I like when those guys get rewarded. It makes me happy. For sure. Uh, Sean McVay's one of, like, I mean, for me, too, as a reporter, I feel like I'm like, wow. Hit between him and Wade Phillips, and which is great, oh. too, right? Because Sean brings in Wade, and they're sort of opposite in ways, but in, yeah. in the best possible way, they're like the perfect couple. It really is. It's, it's like you have one uncle that, like, that has directions for the road trip, knows where all the rest stops are, uh, already has like a six-hour playlist ready to go. And then Wade comes in, and he's the one that brought all the good snacks. You know what I mean? And he's also the one who goes, hey, when your Uncle Sean's not looking, you know, I brought you a full-size Snickers. And it, that balance, and, and the thing is, they both love their players, but Wade is so chill that you need that balance. Because if you have too many type A personalities, people don't realize that while these are professional athletes, they're about to enter four to five months of thinking about one thing. And if it's monotonous, they're not going to be down to do it. And you need to have those moments of levity. So, you know, when Wade's hitting them folks, you know, after a game and, and doing dances and making like a key to leave and Marcus Peters laugh, and that's what you need because it can drone on where you can't keep telling the guys, we need to focus on every play. You need a guy like Wade to break it up. 
For sure. And Les Snead says it best. This is like a, a people industry, right? Like we are people, we are humans. We need to communicate, even though we're like throwing pads on and running after footballs and stuff on a field with cleats. We still have to talk to those guys once the helmet comes off. So I'm with you. Totally. There. Um, so Lefko, you, Ryan Gosling and Jared Goff all look very similar to each other. I'm not sure if everyone is related to Fergie. Um, you that- know what the worst part about that is? <laughs> I firmly know my standing of those. Oh, absolutely. That's the worst part. Oh, you're not supposed to agree with that right away. Okay, thanks. I thought I had like a, like I still believe that if I go vegan, I might be more attractive than Jared Goff. But the problem is, is like I know I'm below Ryan Gosling and Jared Goff's a professional athlete, so like he has muscles. And I and hundred and ten million dollars guaranteed. Also that. Yeah, yeah. But no, we're not talking about money. Okay. <laughs> it's just lo- it's I'm things about, reachable. I'm talking about facial features and bone structure. And I have a chance. But I'm just kidding. So but I know that I'm nothing hurt. material, thankfully. <laughs> well like what is- I know that if there's a Venn diagram, Ryan Gosling's on one side, I'm on the other, and then Goss and then Goff is our baby. Have you ever looked at their parents and try to figure out, like, if your parents look somewhat similar wow. to their parents? That's where I would go next. I'll tell you what. If if Ryan Gasling's dad looks anything like Bruce Lefko, I will faint because then he has exceeded and Bruce Lefko shall forever redeem himself as a man of status and class. But I, I would bet against it. Um, I spent a lot of time talking about his family on this podcast. Yeah, this is a family, this fam right here. Um, so I won't even ask you about Ryan Gosling and what you would do if you were him for a day, but I will ask you if you could be Jared for a day because you do work in football. Um, what would your day look like? Like if you were Jared Goff, current Jared Goff with the contract, with the two games, you know, in your pocket this season, what does your yeah. day look like? Like when are you waking up, the meals that you would choose to eat, some of the activities and perhaps clothing choices? I'm waking up right and early. I'm trying to use all the time I can in this body and lifestyle of his. <laughs> I'm going into an infrared sauna because you know he's probably got one installed in his house. I'm calling up my private chef and I'm asking for a full breakfast. I want biscuits. I want pancakes. I, I want a lot of carbs because I'm not afraid of gaining any weight, it's all going to burn off. Second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go down to a local park, and I'm going to challenge everybody to throw the ball further than me. I'm going to rack in a few hundred dollars. I'm going to take some pictures. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to hustle some people, but also give them a little keepsake to remind themselves of. Then I'm just going to ride around in my Ferrari. Jared Goff doesn't have one. Don't worry. We just bought it. We're going to cruise around town, and I'm going to go, hey, you know what would be better? Oh, I almost said something that was a little bit too much, so I'm not going to say that. Um, (laughs) And then at night, I'm going to go to the most prominent restaurant in downtown LA, and I'm going to ask to be sat right out in front, and I'm going to leave an open chair. And anybody wants to sit down that qualifies is welcome to do so, and that includes movie stars, rock stars. Um, would who? That's my day. Is there like this open chair? I like this idea. You are sitting. Front and center in a very fancy restaurant in downtown Los Angeles. What I'm going to do is, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to DM on Instagram Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming because I'm Jared Goff, and I'm going to say, hey, come down here. This will be good for both of our careers. You'll be seen as more athletic. I'll be seen as a higher profile. Together, we are Jared Gosling, aka Ryan Goff, aka Jared Ryan Goffstein. 
What? I don't know where the steam came from. I would love, I mean, that's probably the best, like, imagine if they're just sitting there at a random table in, in L.A. and you're like, wait a minute, what's happening here? I'm like, they're both. It's the Spider-Man like meme? Yes, exactly that. They're just pointing at it. Oh, and then I would also tweet out, because it's only a day, I would tweet out on the hour, every hour, you guys should really follow Adam Lefko at Adam Lefko, L-E-F-K-O-E, because he's amazing. And then, then like, when I go bodies back, you know, I got about five ten thousand followers. Perfect. I like that. Nope. Might as well. All that for five or 10,000 followers. That's all he wants. That's all he yeah, wants. that's it. On Instagram and or Twitter or both? Or do you want to like... Yeah, both. both. Okay. And then I, I put I put Adam Lefko into his MySpace top eight. Um, and then also, you guys forgot about the few hundred dollars I made off all those jamokes from the park. <laughs> like, that's in my pocket. You know what I mean? Like, they're my pants, but it's his body. Everyone's like, how come Jared Goff is taking money from us? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, I need extra money, kids. <laughs> Why did he take our phones and subscribe to the Lesko Show podcast? <laughs> Walk away. Um, so now that you've lived a day in Jared Goff's body, I'd like to take us back to the football field where Jared Goff okay. has some some men um that he can throw to names like Brandon Cooks <laughs> and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Um, yes, I feel like. At any point, he can just close his eyes and throw the ball, and the world is okay. Not taking away the skill set that you, a.k.a. Jared Goff, have, but that yeah. it's it's really just that these three guys are incredible, and that catch that Brandon Cooks made where uh, he's running at full speed and somehow it lays perfectly as if he cradled an egg and didn't let it crack. That everything's yeah, okay. I- I think for me, what's, what's so cool is is that when you're building a team, this is credit to Les Snead, uh, when you're building a wide receiving core, uh, Michael Lombardi used to say this all the time, it's like building a starting five in basketball. You, want, you don't want to get three guys that are all the same. You want to get three guys that have roles that complement each other. And so with your guys' roster, when you have Cooper Cup in the middle, what that allows you to do with Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks on the outside, it's a perfect three. And so... What we saw to Cooper Cup, and it really is a modern medical marvel, what he has been able to do and overcoming that injury late in the year and coming back. Like I, I write down in the, in the offseason, everyone that had offseason surgery. And the reason I do that is, is everybody usually forgets. And then like four weeks into the year, and we're wondering why they got off to a start. They go, oh, that's right. He had labrum surgery in July. You know what I mean? So I wrote down expecting Cooper Cup to start slow. And then he drags half the Saints for like a 70-yard gain. They go, oh, no, the dude's fine. But the wide receiving core is great. And what Sean does that's so special is he takes shots early to give his quarterback, Jared Goff, confidence. Yeah. And that shot to Brandon Cooks, it, it, it changes the game. Because from then on, you're worried about him going deep and what that opens up for Woods underneath, what that opens up for Gerald Everett, what it opens up for a little dump down to Todd Gurley, one throw can change the game. And it's, it's been really special. My, my only concern with you guys right now is with Blythe getting hurt protecting Jared Goff. For sure. He, his statistics are so different when he's pressured or when he's not uh, pressured in the pocket. 
Yeah, that's actually a good point when you say, like, Sean McVay is like, let's just go hard, like, early on in the game. Because I always think, I, I make the analogy to baseball, like, I was someone who went hard, like, I'm swinging at all the first pitches. I'm swinging yeah. at everything, because you want to freak out your pitcher. you got to set the tone. you got to set that tone, like, I'm not taking a first pitch when your arm is perfect, and you're probably going to throw yeah. it down the middle, because most people take the first pitch in a game so that they can look at it. I'm like, swing at that thing, you're looking at it anyway. So, I think to think that about, point... Think about the best coaches, think about the last coaches the last two um, Bill Belichick comes out first game of the year against Pittsburgh Steelers throws the ball to Adam throws it back to James White goes down from then on it was a runaway laugher because after that the Steelers had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Last week your division rival the Niners they're taking on Cincinnati they had two throws back across two crazy screens and from the Cincinnati Bengals are running around you can set the tone early and then from then on have the defense on their heels and they're always afraid. And good coaches take chances in the first half to change the entire game plan. The best coaches can adapt. Right. And that's, that's the key. But no, I, I like Sunday, Sunday night, I would not be shocked if we're seeing some reverses early, if we're seeing some, some shots deep because everyone goes, ooh, it's a home game for Cleveland. But guess what? If the Browns didn't look that good on Monday night, we're starting down 7 nothing, 10 nothing. Mm-hmm. We also know that fan base is going to turn on them very quickly. And, and that's, that's kind of what you're trying to do. You're trying to set the tone to where the home field advantage is gone. They're playing from behind. And instead of pounding you guys with Nick Chubb, they're throwing it all over the place. Correct. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, speaking of the Browns, we'll talk about some other news from around the NFL. So, Okay, think about this. We got, like, Jadavian Clowney and Jalen Ramsey and pretty much the entire Miami Dolphins organization asking for a trade. Um, Yeah. Are we starting to see the NFL look more like the NBA? Like, is LeBron James about to come in this league now? (laughs) So, uh, there's something that is... Lefko, you cut off. Can you you start over again? You got me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To me, this is something that is being taken out of context, and I believe it's being used to villainize the players. Um, that how dare they want to change teams? Let's be very honest here. No right, no player in their right mind should be sitting in Miami okay with what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. The average lifespan of an NFL player is two and a half years, and they're asking you to completely waste one of those years in possibly one of the most embarrassing teams ever. And I would imagine that a lot of teams, the rest of the NFL would look at the players on that Miami roster and go, they don't have a culture of winning. I don't know if we want them in our system. Now, if we want to look at Antonio Brown and we want to look at Jadavian Clowney, look, Clowney didn't have the power there. Clowney couldn't change teams. They franchise tagged him. In the NBA, the only thing that the teams have is bird rights. And what do you get with bird rights? The teams pay you more. So the NBA has a system where you stay on a team because they pay you more. The NFL has a system where you can't go anywhere and we're going to give you an average of the top five salaries and none of it's guaranteed. And I would also say, if we're going to the NBA, why is Melvin Gordon sitting at home? Mm. If we're going to the NBA, why is Trent Williams sitting at home? Yeah. Both of them have said, I don't want to play there. And people have already forgotten about them. But I think what happens is, is we get really offended as a public that players don't want to play for our team. 
And what they need to realize is that your team changes completely every three years. And, and the players have a small, short window to get things done. Yeah. This is not an NBA career that's 12 to 15 years. It's not a Major League Baseball career where it's all guaranteed 12 to 15 years. It's a small window, and these are not exhibition games. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think it's a little bit taken out of context, and I, I would love to reach a point where the players really do have control. For sure. And now someone who has control, Daniel Jones has controlled mm. the football for the Giants. Are we happy about this? I know you've had lots of things to say when it comes mm. to Saquon Barkley on that team. Yeah, uh, for me, it's uh, if I was a Giants fan, I'm finally excited. This is now your, your duo. It is Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Uh, and if, if you saw what Daniel Jones was doing in the preseason, it looks like it's going to translate. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that Pat Shermer has been running an offense with New York that will feature Daniel Jones perfectly. And I think he's been keeping it consistent to put in Daniel Jones eventually. Him being able to run and stretch a defense will only be better for Saquon. And it's statistically proven that when you go to an up-and-coming younger player, the rest of the team rallies around to give him support. I think the craziest thing that I learned, Serena, today on my podcast with Warren Sharp was when he did the efficiency rankings for pass and run, the New York Giants were top 10 in efficiency in both categories. And we're sitting here going, what's up with Eli? But if you really think about it, they were driving on the Buffalo Bills to bring it within one score game, Eli turns it over inside the red zone. Against the Cowboys, Eli drove down that first drive and scored a touchdown. But then the Cowboys scored five straight touchdowns on five straight possessions, and we forget because it's a blowout. I think the Giants are going to go down to Tampa Bay, and they're going to win. I really do. And I think that they, I think that the NFL is such a coin flip, but... Daniel Jones will be a spark for this team this weekend. I believe that. I dig that. Another spark on the field, Julio Jones. Now, he hits 20 miles per hour in his game-winning touchdown against your Philadelphia Eagles, which was impressive, yeah. right? You you look at that and you're like, wow, that's impressive. But then Matt and I went on Next Gen Stats, and that was, get this, the 18th fastest speed on a play so far this season. Absolutely. Cordero Patterson was number one, right? I love number that you one. know this. 22.23 <laughs> miles an hour. Because you're oh. an Eagles fan and you're like, hold on a second. No, 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 no. No, it's because like, I'm a life and uh, I'm a nerd and I've accepted it. It's been really interesting to watch that metric become so prevalent. Uh, I, I, I wish, I, I would love I would love to bring back at the Pro Bowl the 40-yard dash. Yeah. It was something that I grew up with with Daryl Green where we could give out he's the fastest man in the NFL. And I think we have some guys in the league right now that I just want to see reach full speed. If we had a race with Tyreek Hill, Cordaro Patterson, and Nicole Hartman, another teammate of Tyreek Hill, and, and we, we put all these – and I'm sure you guys have a player or two that could sit in there um, – if we got Deshaun Jackson, I miss that because there's. I marvel at how fast these guys are. Yeah. And the thing about Julio is, is we go always only 18th. The fact that Julio was drafted in like like 11 years ago and he can still hit that mark, yeah, shows you why he's so damn special. It's incredible. Well, let's move on to some fun here. We're gonna go to what we haven't been having segment. fun, Matt, this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, we're doing a social segment because we do that. That's what happens. Um, right. On Twitter uh, this week, there was a video on um, wearable chairs. I don't know if you saw this, but it was trending. I didn't on it, but I'm going to watch it while you're talking to me right now. Perfect. Um, so you can basically attach like a stilt-like um, metal contraption to the back of your legs or around your legs, and then you can sit down basically wherever you go. Which um, sounds like a charitable idea. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Jeez. he was waiting for that one. The um, whole podcast. I I have like like I'm all about new ideas and and whatnot. So I there's part of me that's like oh okay like it, for, they show a guy on the subway waiting, which I'm like sure why not mm. find a seat? You brought one with you, but I always feel like if the thing is like whacking on your leg, like hey I'm gonna wear my chairs out today and I'm gonna have bruises on the back of my calf muscles from my chair, <laughs> like that's where I question a better use as, of as an investor in this. Um, piece yes. of equipment. Yes. Uh, I just want to say that um, I'm, I'm so excited that you've chosen uh, to share it with your audience. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, I sometimes I like to play musical instruments on the subway. And I have found that bongos uh, are a lot better with my, my chair. And um, it, it gets a better ambiance when I'm sitting in the middle of the one train than I'm off to the side. And I think it's wonderful. That's a perfect answer for that question, Lefko. Another um, thing that I I don't found, even know if you asked the question. Yeah, I, I just think you're like, hey, did you see a chair? <laughs> Correct. I just like lob up this thing and hope you spike it down. So that was perfect. Um, also, perfect. a taco was found in a library book. Um, one. What? I don't know how old the taco is because I they don't remember. They said it was the, from a few years ago. A few, so I don't that know was if a, this is resurfacing or if this taco has just been chilling been in the book for... <laughs> Several I, years after preserved. they found an In and Out burger in New York, I don't believe any of this stuff. <laughs> I, I believe we are in the fake part of society where people sit around like yes theory and they come up with ways to make Bieber look like he's eating a burrito sideways. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe any of it anymore. And I am now going to go and put a burrito in the New York Public Library and I take a picture and be like, whoa, <laughs> I found a burrito in this. Beowulf. And it's not even mushed or anything. It's just perfectly wrapped. <laughs> and it came yeah, with a side it. of guac. Yeah. That's crazy. And the guac didn't rot? What? <laughs> this is crazy. And that guac, it was put in there two years ago and it only cost 25 cents extra, not dollars extra. <laughs> the last uh, part of this, this social topic, um, it's hashtag talk like a pirate day on Twitter. Um, exactly. All right, we did it. We're good. <laughs> We're good now. Um, who in the NFL would make a good pirate? <sighs> what are the qualities? Like, what do you believe are the most important qualities? Depends on your pirate. I, I mean, I guess it, it depends, depends on, on what type of pirate are you looking for. If you want, like, the inspirational... Guys, we're going on a voyage. Pirate. We thought we. I thought of a couple options. Like I thought, yeah. Um, for humorous reasons, Akeem Talib likes to take jewels every once in a while on other teams. Oh, nice! So I was like, ah, oh, that's good pirate. He, 
steal your treasure booty. Exactly. And I also thought that perhaps like Wade Phillips could be a very funny pirate who could be like, all right, guys, well, uh, he could be a calm pirate. Here we go again. Here we go again. I, I, think, I think Gruden with an eye patch is just a oh, natural thing. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know, and he's just like, knock on wood if you're with me. And you're like, whoa, I'm so you're with just you. just banging your peg leg if, on the boat. Yeah, I think if, like, if, if I could just see a movie where you're like, where's the head of this ship? And then, like, Calais Campbell walks out, like, all six foot eight of him. And you're like, dear God, like, that could be a really good pirate. And then the only other one I thought on your team would be, like, Clay Matthews. Oh, yeah. Just because if he, if he let the hair go and he kind of rocked that one, uh, but he would be, like, a, a pirate where, like, he comes out with an eye patch and then, like, talks to you and then lifts up the eye patch and reveals he actually has two eyes. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm just trying out this whole pirate thing, but, like, I'm not sure of it yet. Those yeah. are much better than mine. I was just going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, oh, that's The beard, good too. the, like, I'll do it myself True. attitude, like... That's but a good like, one. He, he took it a bunch, much he, better direction. Yeah. I, I feel like John Gruden is a pirate. Uh, like, I'm like, that, how that did we miss that one? one? For sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's wearing a wearable chair. <laughs> he is. And then that would make, uh, in my mind, owner Mark Davis, his, I think it's Smee. Was that what Hook had? Uh, the kind of guy that would, like, be a sidekick. He'd be like, absolutely, yes. Mr. Hook. That yes. would be, yeah, he would, like, he would, like, pet Mark Davis's head. Uh, as he ruled the ship over the seas. It's perfect. Um, if not for football, then what would you be doing? So I've asked everyone on our podcast, like, if not for I football. I would be a professional crocheter. There's something about stitching that gets me, gets me excited. Um, if I wasn't doing, I mean, basketball, <laughs> what a dumb answer. <laughs> no, the crochet thing was the dumb answer, but keep going. <laughs> Yeah, I think. Let the man dream. Yeah, you're right. So I look. My dad, uh, uh, my family's company was refrigeration and air conditioning, and so that's probably the direction I would have gone into. Uh, I cleaned a lot of ice machines uh, mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. um, but I also don't like to do a lot of physical labor. So I would. <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's why you're on the Venn diagram with Ryan Gosling and Jerry Goff. That's it. That's what I would do. I would just follow Ryan Gosling around, and I go, "You guys doing any stunts? You want to throw me off this building? I look kind of like him." That I would be Ryan Gosling's deformed stunt double. Good. He could distract the paparazzi with you. Exactly. Ugh. Left. I off. walk. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you walk out and they're like, "Ryan, Ryan, Ryan," and they're taking photos, and then I take off sunglasses, and like. Oh, I don't like, you can still take photos of me, though. <laughs> I'll make sure next time I'm in New York that uh, I just have you around. And it's like, I'm almost with Ryan Gosling and Jared Goff. Yeah, almost exactly. There. Uh, I appreciate you, bud. That's it for Rambling. Hey. It's our eighth episode. Left go. I'll see you soon. Hopefully. Hey, keep kicking butt. And to all the Rams fans out there, enjoy this. You're in the midst of a really special run. Good luck this season.